0: Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show.
1: Reporting.
0: Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today we have with us Rachel Style, who is admittedly one of my favorite people, um, <laughs> very involved in the SRC community. And we love all our guests, but I'm so, so excited to talk with Rachel again. Um, it's both Kelsey and I on today. We're going to chat all about what Rachel's been up to, um, everything from Gosh, Rachel, you have a second book coming out soon. To uh, your coaching experiences and lots of speaking engagements you've been doing throughout the country—very exciting stuff. So, can't wait to get more into it. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me on again. Like I said before, and I, <laughs> you guys are just so supportive, and you do so much great work. I have loved watching this journey since, like, I think it was 2013.
0: 14? Since our first uh, little Skype call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. so mm-hmm. fun to look back on it. Mm-hmm. And likewise with your own journey. Um, how long have you had running in silent? Well, actually, I can read it right here. December 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yep, yeah. December 2012. I started the website. I was very scared, but
0: that's when it all began. <laughs> yeah. Just over seven years now.
2: Yeah, it's crazy how fast it goes by and how much has changed in the community. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that, I I mean, there was people before me who were talking about it, but it wasn't loud enough, I think, Mm -hmm. because even when I started my website, I hadn't heard of many runners experiencing, you know, not just anorexia, but also binge eating and the vicious cycle and the struggle with body image and weight changes. And so I think there's a lot more, many more voices out now. It's been Uh, A positive experience
0: seeing that, but we still have a long way to go. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. and we definitely can resonate with that. On the other hand, I feel like too the conversation has gone almost from just talking about like disordered eating and exercise to then like this whole female empowerment and you know how do we get coaches on board with it and like systemic change, which is really Mm -hmm. awesome to see starting to shift and happen and you know, mm-hmm. it's not just about the individual now, but really about us as a whole society and yep. you know, culture, so. Riot culture, yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I agree with yeah. that, and I feel as though I'm also seeing a lot of diversity in it now, whereas mm-hmm. before it was definitely thought of, especially like eating disorders, we were definitely thought of like a white woman, skinny, you mm-hmm. know, and that's yeah. not the case anymore, we're bringing light to that, you know, all different, you know, backgrounds, ethnicities, race, genders, Um, body sizes. So I think that's also coming more um, to the forefront. Um, And I'm, I'm very happy for that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So a big thing we wanted to say is like the last time that we spoke with you, this was only our third, this was our third episode ever. Yep. in October 2017. Holy moly, right? Yeah. Kelsey loves to say, holy moly, so I should <laughs> have let you say moly. that one. <laughs> How have things changed since then, right? Because it's been, um, at the time we're recording this, I have to say, yours is going to be in the 90s. Like, we are almost to 100 episodes, which is pretty crazy. Wow. Um, there's been some time we took off here and there, but for the most yeah. part, we try to deliver almost weekly. So oh, Good for you guys. Weekly. Oh, yes. well, thank you. i not trying to toot our horn there, but <laughs> no, we just I want to stay it. consistent. And yeah. so with that being said, you know, since episode three, now to episode 90, like two plus years later, what's changed for you in the past couple oh, of years?
2: So much, I think. I obviously have matured as a person, but also as a writer and as a coach, I have teamed up with Paula Quatrimoni who is one of the leading eating disorders and sports expert. I think it was right around August 2017, so I forgot if I mentioned her in that podcast. Maybe I hadn't connected with her as, as much then in October, um, but she has been wonderful and just has taught me the value in reaching out to the professionals because I think just part of the learning journey is like, I have to figure out all on my own. And with this coaching thing, how do I talk to them about eating disorders? And how do I, you know, do that message correctly? I've had an eating disorder, but I'm not the complete expert in terms of how to address it. So working with her has been amazing. And she has put together, or we've put together a lot of Q and A's because I get questions from coaches and other athletes. And I might know like, part of the answer, but Paula brings in the expert advice. So that's been my biggest lesson, getting in the professionals. And even, I guess, with writing, um, I have the second edition of Running in Silence coming out very soon. There's been a few delays. (laughs) It's been kind of frustrating, but I've been learning about self-publishing, how to improve my writing. I have another editor I've been working with. So my writing life has improved. Um, I feel like I'm now a head coach. I was an assistant coach. That's huge. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the the previous head coach is now the assistant coach. She just got really busy with her family and everything. So we're like, how do we do this? I want us to work together. (laughs) So we just kind of switched roles. But She was an amazing person to look up to. I just loved how she worked with the girls. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's my role model for this. And um, so even coaching has been a huge uh, life lesson. (laughs) Like I've learned a lot through it. And yeah, it's, I guess the biggest thing is learning as I go being okay with not being an expert right away and everything that I do because I'm still really hard on myself. I'm so scared of making mistakes. There's this big like cancel culture out there you see with the celebrities and everything. Um, Not that I'm a celebrity, but like you're just so worried about making mistakes, especially as perfectionists. And I just want to make sure I'm doing the job right, but also understanding that we're kind of all going out there and just figuring it out as we go. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that.
1: (laughs) Kelsey, do you have anything on that? um, Yeah. Well, I was just going to say in general, um, I love about your response Rachel is that you really looked at yourself holistically, right? You didn't like focus on one area that you like had, that has changed. You looked at like your entire kind of life. So like you went from writing to like your own personal life to coaching and then, you know, kind of how who you are as a person and how that reflects in the work that you do. So um, I appreciate that very much. And I think, um, yeah, the idea of like doing the job right and like that perfectionism really is very tricky to navigate, especially, you know, in this field where we're providing people with something, right? Mm-hmm. So we're providing people with like whatever it may be, um, like the pressure to feel like you need to do it perfectly is really intense sometimes.
2: Yeah, and I've found that my perfectionism that really fueled the eating disorder has seeped into everything I'm doing in the advocacy too. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to keep tabs on that. I've been going to a therapist like the past few years. I think everyone should like mm-hmm. going to a counselor. Um, I've been blessed to have the connections to be able to do that through my doctor, actually. More oh, doctors wow. I'm finding- wow are asking about like your mental health when you go in. Oh, good. I'm so impressed. Yes. So I've tried to be hyper aware of that with myself mm-hmm. because I see it happening mm-hmm. and I do, I have to take better care of myself. Um, but it's hard, like <laughs> it's separating all yeah. that. So I've tried to see like, I'm not what my business is. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to foster all the other parts of my life or mm-hmm yeah, help them to flourish.
0: (laughs) I I was just having this conversation with a guest who is going to be on or maybe was on at this time that we're going to release this, Sarah Menlove, about who we are and what we do and how they're not one and the same, right? But we get them so intertwined, and it's really hard to separate that because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like actions are a huge part of who we are too, right? Is like how we're contributing to the world. And I think about that a lot as well. And like not attaching to that too much and how to keep those separate. So yeah, wow. I'm definitely not saying I have the answer, but I think it really helps to hear that you are working through this as well. And maybe what's kind of helped you in that sense. And yeah, yeah, just so much there.
2: I think I've been so much more sympathetic or empathetic, maybe both to people, um, especially like professional runners who are trying to speak out on different topics and maybe um, say things that other people are like, well, why'd they say it that way? Or why'd they do this? And it's like, I get it. Cause we're trying to all promote the right message, whatever that may be. But it's also like, man, we can't get it right the first time. And I think, well, someone I follow, uh, Jamila Jamil. She's amazing. Um, She's an actor in a show, The Good Place, I think, but she's just been so open. She attacks like diet culture and everything. She's just so great, but she's been very open. Like, guys, I'm trying to figure it out too. Like if I I say something that offends people, let me know, and I'm going to fix it going forward, but let's Mm -hmm. not just like tear everyone down. Yeah. (laughs) So. I think having more of that helps us to not be so perfectionistic, maybe. I don't know. Social media contributes to all of that, too. So,
1: (laughs) I think, too, like, when thinking about it and kind of jumping back to, like, keeping separate about ourselves or, like, our identities and then what we do separate – is this idea of achievement right so like I feel as though we're a society driven on achievement and like achieving things and so Mm -hmm. if you take a step back and you're like am I doing x y and z for achievement or am I doing x y and z to get value out of it so sometimes that's been helpful for me because I know as I'm getting my PhD Mm -hmm. there's definitely this sense of like achievement like I really want to get that degree Mm -hmm. but then I have to take a step back and recognize okay like I actually really love to learn too. Like i I love, mm-hmm. it. I love being in this like field. So I feel like that's especially with running. Like I, I ask our listeners, like, are you doing something to achieve, to get medals, to get PRs and stuff like that? Are you running because you really enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's your know that battle if there's a battle there and like taking a step back and recognizing like is this what what's fueling this desire to do this so maybe that might be helpful i guess for those who are trying to navigate that separation
2: yeah and that's a question i asked myself in the running and silence book it was mm-hmm. near the end like i was questioning should i keep running and then i also questioned well am i only running because I want achievements and PRs like is that only the only thing driving me and I realized it wasn't but is a big part of it so having to question like question yourself through that was helpful and insightful
1: yes I can imagine so definitely so you actually kind of lead us right into a really great next question Um, so you are now um, as you mentioned before um, the head coach of a team which is so exciting and so in your past years, I can't even say two years because it's so much longer than that, um, you've learned a lot of lessons. Um, and so, I guess my question is, in your role as, as a high school head coach, how do you integrate the lessons you learned with your athletes?
2: It's been a little difficult because high schoolers, I think, are actually tougher to talk to than college athletes sometimes. I remember being in high school, and I think maybe that's part of it, because I felt like I was so judged back then, and even though I'm an adult, I'm still like, oh man, how do I say this right, and how do they really get the message across? So I've been working on my message differently each year, so we do talk about body image and puberty, and we try to bring in the amenorrhea talk, like with parents at the annual meeting we have each year. The girls are welcome to come. Um, so each year it's been different as I've learned more and I just tweak it and try different ways of going about bringing in the topic. So yeah, like I said, it's still been a learning experience for me. I try to learn from other coaches. I learn from Paula Quattrimoni. So people in the eating disorder world, um, as I get more comfortable in the coaching position, I've opened up a little bit about my story. Um, and I think it's an, important to an extent in a way that I want them to open up if they're struggling with their mental health, not so much like, oh, this is my story. Let's go into detail for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really just, I want them to come forward and feel like this is okay to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's been a little different each year mm-hmm. and I'm absorbing as much information as I can. Like I said, I don't know it all, but I have to also give myself credit for what I do know. Mm-hmm. and what kind of messages we've been bringing we've brought in a dietitian to speak on the actual like nutrition stuff awesome. and she's been great she's brought in disordered eating and making sure like we're all getting our periods mm-hmm. and what to do if you don't have it and like let's just talk about it it shouldn't it's yeah. part of the sport like we should be talking about it mm-hmm. and i've noticed over the years people have been much more open to it, where when I was running in high school, we didn't talk about that at all.
0: Rachel, yeah, I commend you for just bringing it up. I mean, I think just bringing it into the conversation is huge, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember throughout my high school and collegiate career, my second collegiate coach was great about bringing those kinds of things in, But the first three coaches I had throughout high school and college didn't touch that at all. Like Mm -hmm. it was totally off limits and just wasn't discussed. So I think by even bringing it into the conversation, even if it's not in like the most perfect, well thought out way, or of course, there's going to be bumps along the road to bringing up something sensitive. But even just introducing the topic is essential, I think, to start the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I think also along that, um, what is something you wish you could tell all high school coaches of female athletes?
2: Oh, I really want to tell them that there are way more eating disorders than you might think. Like I've heard some coaches say, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that on my team or I haven't had anyone that's super thin that I worry about and I understand to an extent like if you haven't gone through this before before I went through it I didn't think it was that prevalent and even when I did go through it I was surprised when people on my own team brought it up I was like oh my gosh I'm not the only one dealing with this over and over I've had that thought each time someone has brought it up so I just I want more coaches to know that this happens way more than we think we don't have to handle it all on our own we need to be able to find resources and that we don't have trainings in place right now. So I don't think any coaches should feel bad that we don't understand what to do, but we should take responsibility to get the information and reach out and ask questions. And we should demand that there is a training for coaches because it's doing us a disservice. And it makes me so frustrated. Um, even I, I speak to coaching at coaching clinics Mm -hmm. and to coaches and athletes around the country. And it just surprises me how hard it is to get Mm -hmm. in, to talk to other coaches. And I mean, maybe there's things on my end that I need to do to make the message more convincing, but I'm, I'm surprised how difficult it can be to bring in that conversation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I would imagine too, it makes a difference on the gender, right? So Mm -hmm. talking to other female coaches versus talking to other male coaches, I think Mm -hmm. that, or even not only gender, but also age as well. Mm -hmm. So like a younger coach versus like a coach who's been doing this for like 40 plus years or whatnot, you know, so um, yeah, I I would imagine that those play a factor as well.
2: Yeah, and I've actually had a lot of guy coach, male coaches reach out to me asking Uh questions. So I really appreciate that they're asking the questions because Some of their questions I'm like I don't know what to I don't know how to answer that but let me talk to the professional and I'm going Mm -hmm. to get back to you and if it's okay with you we're going to put this into a blog post and then it can get out to everyone yeah (laughs)
0: yeah because most likely there's a lot of other people out there with that same exact question yeah exactly and there's
2: some really good questions
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm
0: -hmm. wonder I wonder if the A hard thing to play into that is like the sort of with coaches, I feel like that you almost don't want to share too much about what you're doing, at least in terms of training methods and those kinds of things. It's almost like, no, I'm going to keep this to myself. So I don't even know if that would somehow play into like the mentality of not sharing open information or Mm -hmm. sharing advice about promoting healthy culture on teams.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. It seems like most of the clinics I go to, people seem very open to talking about even training. No one seems very secretive as far as I've heard. It seems like everyone really wants to help each other out. So I do, I like the coaching community. I think with more women coaches coming in too, Mm -hmm. I think that's just been such a positive experience because they're bringing Mm -hmm. in more things to talk about
0: that we haven't talked about before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So many good things. Um, I think a lot of our listeners too have been wondering like how they can get more involved in this. So as an athlete, what you think that athletes could do to maybe talk to their coaches or bring these topics up and get them on their radar or advocate for them among their teams and communities?
2: Yeah, one thing I've noticed is usually when I'm speaking to colleges or high schools, it's been the athlete reaching out Mm -hmm. and asking their coaches to bring in this conversation. And I mean, that's good, but I wish coaches were asking to bring this in, you know, as well. So already there, speaking up and having a conversation with your coach and saying, hey, I've been noticing this among my teammates. Could we bring in a dietitian or someone to talk about body image? I think it does start there because I've seen time and time again, these student athletes have reached out to me and we made a whole speaking event thing happen or they brought in a dietitian. So that part seems to have been working. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that answered the full question, but... (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I definitely think, I think, Oh, go ahead, Megan. Sorry. No, you can go on Kels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think you're right. You're That's what I've heard as well is usually when I've like talked to student athletes, they're bringing up a lot of the information to their coaches. Um, I think I wonder too, if there are some listeners who might be fearful of doing this um, and yeah. maybe that might be what Megan was getting at. But I think um, when I think about that, um, I want to hope that coaches have their athletes best interest in at heart. So like if you're an athlete and you're thinking about speaking to your coach, just remember that they're supposed to have your best interests at heart and letting them know, like having a dietitian coming in or having someone like Rachel style come in or whatever, speak to the team. That would be, you know, caring for us in a different way than making training plans or being, you know, coaching us on the sideline. This is a different type of like development for us that I think we should do, you know, and that might be, a different way for listeners who would like to do this might maybe might think about it in that sense.
2: Yeah, cuz I guess I did go through that when I first mm-hmm. started opening up about my eating disorder. I emailed my coach or I, it came up in conversation or something like mm-hmm. we should have something more going on because mm-hmm. we aren't talking about this. And then the next year he hired an assistant coach and she talked about it. Mm-hmm. She was a physician's assistant and she talked about it at our cross country camp. Mm-hmm. So I was terrified to bring it up. I was still really uncomfortable at the time. That was like right soon after my blog or the Running in Silence website came out. So I understand the fear. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that's just to say, no one is not scared. I was no braver than anyone else. I'm no different. Like I was absolutely terrified, but mm-hmm. saying something, even if it's just through an email or a quick message, it, Mm -hmm. it makes a difference and it's worth Mm -hmm. trying, even if your coach ignores it, I would really hope they wouldn't, but it's worth trying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to point out too, Rachel, is that you said you were really scared to do it. So I just talked to my, so I'm teaching right now and I was talking to my students about like kind of just goals for the semester and such like that. And a lot of them said they were afraid to set goals. And, Mm -hmm. and this is like this common theme I'm hearing is like this sense of fear. And so I told them, I was like, you know, everybody, like, I think that when you're really scared of something, it actually means that you really care about it. Yep. Um, so mm-hmm. I often encourage people to think, to like take a step back when they're really scared of something or fearful of doing something and like reframe it as like, Oh, actually I really care about this. And I'm really passionate about this. And that's why it's causing me so much fear. So I think, you know, I, I, commend you Rachel because it sounds like you were really scared and instead you were like this matters to me and you did it you know so I think Mm -hmm. that reframe might be really really helpful for those who are listening who are like scared as well I Um, love that
2: yeah yeah I never thought of it that way that's great
1: (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) to learn Um, from each other (laughs) I know I love it um yeah, so thank you for speaking to that, Rachel, because I think a lot of people don't know where to start, like Megan said, and it's like a tricky, tricky place to navigate. Um, and so I guess you mentioned so many already, but I'm interested. Um, what have you learned through your experience? Like, what is one thing that through your experience of coaching that you will take away with you um, into other areas of your life?
2: Definitely reach out to the professionals when you don't know the answer. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, there's been a lot of times where I kind of reached out to people around me, and that can help to an extent, but if their answers are kind of not totally, if you're not vibing, I guess, with it, uh-huh. find a professional, and that has probably happened in all aspects of my life now, especially with starting my writing, publishing book business and then the whole running silence yeah. nonprofit i've learned over and over that i need there's professionals out there and they do it for a reason and you hire <laughs> them and you get some advice and then there's a professional in this area so mm-hmm. it's applied to the coaching as well i've talked to the athletic trainer to get to know him and what he does and how he can help me as a coach. I've talked to our mm-hmm. strength coach at the high school, which we are super blessed to have. Mm-hmm. I have talked to Paula Quattrimoni, mm-hmm. who's an expert on eating disorders. I've talked to dietitians. Like, don't be afraid to ask other people who are really good at what they do
0: mm-hmm. for
2: some words of wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good, good yeah. stuff. I think my next question would be like, but how do I find the best <laughs> professional, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just- It can be a process for sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, social media is kind of great that way, though. Mm -hmm. Like, if you post on Facebook, like, do you guys know a good dietitian? Or, okay, so you can find a dietitian on Mm -hmm. eatright.org. That's one way to find a dietitian. (laughs) Um, And yeah, just uh, maybe posting the question on social media and some other people might have connections connections is the biggest thing too <laughs> and i was told that in college as well my right. advisor was always like connections matter connections matter <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so true yeah. i can never hear from my grandma she was like make those connections get those reference letters kelsey and yeah. I was like, okay grandma <laughs> yeah
2: well oh <my> <laughs> Even all of the the eating disorder conferences I've been to, I've made sure to take people's contact information because you never know when maybe I'll be in Washington or something and they live there and I can connect with them and see what they know and- uh, maybe they're a professional in one area that I really need that I didn't realize until two years later, and I still have their information. So
0: yeah, yeah. and vice versa, they might ask you like when they're publishing a book one day, you yeah. know, about your process. So I think yeah. it's really valuable, and it's something we're striving to do more of at SRC is really help connect. So if you are listening and like, feel free to reach out to us or to Rachel. I'm sure we have some good people in our panel of you know experts that we keep in mind um wherever you are if you're like i'm in st louis missouri and i'm looking for a great dietitian to work with or a sports Mm -hmm. psychologist or an eating disorder treatment center just feel free to send that email because it can really like i know i would bend over backwards to help someone find the right care or like the Mm -hmm. best person to go to for that because it's so important and i know it's hard to navigate sometimes you know
1: yeah Um, we are actually surprised we only have seven minutes left, you guys. Sadly. Um, I know, so sad. Um, So um, there are two things I think we really should talk about. First of all, Rachel, it's your second book. We have to bring that up. We want to hear a little bit more about that. And then you're coming to the retreat. So we we might have to drop a little hint at what Mm -hmm. you'll be chatting about. So um, whichever way you'd like to take the conversation, go for it.
2: Yeah, so... The second book is the second edition of Running in Silence, which means I did a lot of editing and revising. So it's the same story, uh, but I just hired another editor. And like I said, I've improved as a writer over the years. I've improved with getting the right resources and revamping some of the questions I had in the book. I just feel a lot better about this version. And like, I have learned a lot over the years, so I really wanted to update it. Yeah. So it was supposed to be out quite a few months ago. There Mm -hmm. have been so many delays. I'm learning a lot about self-publishing. So I apologize for the people that like have been emailing me and asking me about it. I really wish it was out sooner. Um, yeah, that's a whole experience I'll probably have to talk about on my YouTube channel with a Book publishing. (laughs) Oh yeah. But yeah, so it's a second edition, updated. And then I do have like a second book to the whole story. And I am actively editing that one right now. So there is a second book, which is more like the third book. Because it will be a third book, I guess. (laughs) I don't know how to explain (laughs) that. But yes, so I'm working on that. And that's been more about my experience with breaking away from running. My kneecap had broken when I was in college, so going through the whole injury process and figuring out who I was outside of being a runner, which Mm -hmm. you guys talk a lot about. Mm -hmm. So that one is in the process and I'll be self-publishing that one as well. It's just all taking a lot of time, but I'm getting the experience. And then, so the talk at the retreat, depending on who's coming, because if it's a lot of similar people, Mm -hmm. uh, the talk might be somewhat similar to years prior or I might go in the direction a little bit of moving away from running and working through injuries and mental health. So,
0: yeah. Uh, And I think too, a conversation about just like, you've been so sort of entrenched in the field of creating this systemic change and at least attempting to not saying you have to change the world. But I think um, a question we've really been getting from a lot of attendees and you know people that are interested it's just like how can i as one person create change in my own community so mm-hmm. we're going to talk more about how that'll look but i think that's a big topic that we want to like introduce and especially to learn from you and how you brought it up with teams and coaches and yeah you know yeah
1: mm-hmm. awesome yeah um, well thank you rachel for all your insights um one last quick question How can folks reach out to you if they would like to talk, would like to book you for something, or just want to mull over what we've talked about in this podcast or honestly anything? How can they reach out to you?
2: Yeah. So I have a personal business, Rachel Rose Media, which is where I do all my editing. I can help other people edit their books if they want to write a book or I do consulting with that. Now that I've been through the process of, (laughs) you know, publishing through a hybrid publisher and now doing self-publishing so all of that information can be found at RachelRoseMedia.com. I think I sent you that information to put in the notes as well. Yeah. So that's like my writing business. And then I have the Running in Silence nonprofit, which has been going since 2012. And that's where I do all my speaking engagements through. Mm-hmm. We raise funds to be able to reach more audiences. So places like coaching clinics and high schools and colleges. I speak on eating disorders, my recovery process, what we can do to create change. And that can be found at runningandsilence.org.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. And I yes. think that new the Rachel Rose Media. We, you didn't have that when we last chatted. So that's something else that's new that's developed, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I love that you're sharing what you learned in your process with others. I think sometimes it can be mm-hmm. like a quote unquote competitive thing. Like, well, I'm not going to share with that person, but I think your willingness to help others to like succeed in their vision of what they would like to do is really, really beautiful.
2: I just want people to tell their stories. And again, like I am no different. There's nothing super special about me, <laughs> except that I just started writing about it. And I just think that's so empowering. And the more I see other people doing that, the more I'm just like, yes, we're, we're making change. We're getting our voices out there and maybe some more people will start to listen more.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. Um, well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. It's who knows, the next time, the third podcast with you could be in another two years, and who knows what will happen then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
2: thanks for um, we'll everything th- that you guys do. It's been awesome.
1: Oh, likewise, Rachel. We thank yeah. you so much. Any last shout outs, Megan or Rachel, that you'd like to give?
0: No, just so excited to have you joining us at the retreat this, uh, this June. If you haven't signed up, be sure to snag a spot while you can.
1: Great. Really excited.
0: Awesome. Yeah. All right,
1: Strong Runner Chicks, thanks for joining us, um, and we hope we, you join us again soon. Um, best. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.